All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the next episode of Keeping It Real Estate with your hosts, Colin Schwartz and Chris Palmerloo. Chris Palmerloo. We are recording this on the 6th of September. That means kids are back in school. There's four months left to accomplish our goals. And then we're mm. on to 2024. Isn't that crazy how, t- how fast time has flown? I, I don't understand what's going on right now. It's like I'm constantly drinking this Nirvana drink and I just, time's <laughs> flying by me. Today, <laughs> we have an amazing guest, David Vanderveen. I met David at a conference. It's called HPLT, High Performance uh, Lifestyle Training, um, where you basically get together, you learn about business with other entrepreneurs, but you're pushed pushed physically and mentally. So it was a really great time, met a bunch of fantastic people there. But David Vanderveen is a husband by marriage, a father by birth, and a surfer by vocation, a writer and a podcast host of kick-ass inspirational, a change maker, and an energy drink entrepreneur, the same one that Chris was referring to, Nirvana. He's traveled the world, built multiple brands and companies, and now serves as the CEO of Nirvana Water Sciences and Nirvana Super, a new beverage company that's changing the game with its science-backed formula that includes HMB. So I know I've drinking a lot of it, but I'm going to ask you to dive into a little bit of HMB at some point. But David, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Sorry, I have to be in a car on my way to the airport, but uh, it's, it's great to see you guys. Yeah, absolutely. So how about you give us... Um, so it's funny, after I met you on the conference, you know, I kind of started getting on Instagram and looking for everybody. And I was like, wow, David, 400,000 followers. This guy's surfing the world. He's at concerts. Uh, Andy builds uh, kick-ass energy drinks and uh, recovery drinks. Um, but before you were doing that, and what what got you into that? Give us a little bit of background, you, you know, your other businesses, et cetera, and just kind of your endeavors. Yeah, I appreciate that. You know, I, and it's great to meet at HPLT. That's a, it's a fantastic event. Strongly recommend it to anyone. Um, even old guys like me can go and, uh, you know, figure out something new. It's, uh, it was, it was great to meet there. Um, yeah, so my background, I, uh, I've been an entrepreneur most of my life. Um, early on in my career, I worked in a beverage alcohol laboratory doing the marketing and then running the business operations of it and, and learned quite a bit about beverage and beverage science. Um, during the, I transitioned into more technical, more technology related work in the, in the mid to late nineties ended up launching a large.com with some, some partners. And uh, I was in charge of sales and marketing and to get people interested and excited during the heat of the dot-com revolution, what we were doing, we built a two-story trade show booth and bought a Red Bull distributorship to give away Red Bulls when we were at, at events, trade shows like Comdex, you know, these big Vegas trade, trade shows. The second day of a Vegas trade show, what does everybody need? Probably a Red Bull. Um, you know, they need something to, <laughs> to yeah. kill their hangover, give them energy, et cetera. So it was, it was really effective. We gave away a lot of Red Bull and I love Red Bull as a company. One of the things I noticed was that a lot of people who were even giving it away to got tired of the sugar, the calories, the crash. Um, and so as the dot-coms melted down, I was looking for new things, new opportunities. I found a beverage company or a, a nutrition company down in Southern California here in, uh, in, in Orange County that had pioneered low glycemic sports nutrition in the early 2000s but it's like 2001 but it was like powders and bars really boring and so i said to them look you know you're not going to be able to differentiate on powders and bars why don't we do something unique and special like get get involved in this energy drink category which was so hot at the time still is hot um and so we, we created the first sugar-free energy drink that had uh, so no sugar uh, that had uh, the first mega dose of B12 and the first one to do flavors that actually tasted great. Um, 
And, and that was really different and unique. Red Bull copied sugar-free later, five-hour copied our B12 uh, dosing. And, you know, and a lot of people are starting to do flavors now. But that really took off for us. We went, we, we launched it into the Amway channel in addition to retail that we were doing. That channel took off for us. So 2003, we went exclusive with Amway, launched it with them in, um, you know, dozens of market around the world. In 2015, Amway bought us. Uh, I ran that business for three years for them through 2018. Uh, and through the earnout, we grew the business to uh, over, it's almost half a billion dollars today. Still a great growing band for, for the Amway business. And um, I stayed on through 2019 and then left after after we facilitated can, can you name and, can, can you uh can you mention what the what the product was or what the the company yeah so that was excess energy drinks and then we also launched excess force nutrition um and that now is in 60 countries around the world wow. and you know it's it was really really a fantastic uh experience for me and i think for amway and, and the people that we worked with there the um one of the interesting things that relates to the work i'm doing now is we we launched one of the last big launches that I really helped lead was uh, an, an essential amino acid combination that we did with Twin Labs um, that we branded excess muscle multiplier and they branded as REAAL. And it was, we did that with Bob Wolf, who's a top researcher um, in protein synthesis at Arkansas State, one of the best in the world. And you know, it really transform your BMI um, when you when you get the right combination of essential amino acids, you know, all eleven of them. It really it it helps you convert lean muscle mass into I'm sorry, um, protein into lean muscle mass, amplifying that process on the RDA chain. You know, the RDA chain that that takes protein and turns it into lean muscle mass is like a combination lock, and you need the right essential amino acids at the right time in the right order. Uh, that's why if you're just taking, like, for example, BCAAs, branch chain amino acids, the four, four of those, it probably will clog the chain and not amplify protein synthesis. There's a there's a tremendous amount of misinformation and bad science in sports nutrition, a lot of extrapolation that isn't very good. So it's sort of sort of critical that you actually work with top scientists and that you're using real clinical you know, studies that have got peer reviews. Anyways, that product took off. And what surprised us is it wasn't just for women, I'm sorry, it wasn't just for athletes who were working out, but it really became popular for mature women. And the reason was that there were a lot of women who were just tired of yo-yo diets, of trying to starve themselves into better shape. And we're realizing that if you keep going through these yo-yo diets, you actually lose more lean muscle mass than body fat. And that becomes really unhealthy if you do it over and over again. Ozempic, as an example, um, will help you lose a lot of weight, but it helps, it actually reduces lean muscle mass even more than just calorie re reduction diets. And so finding ways to build lean muscle mass and change your BMI and get in shape is much more important than looking at the scale, especially if you're concerned with overall health. And so we really focus on that story about getting in shape, about changing your BMI, building lean muscle mass. You know, lean muscle mass takes twice as much energy to maintain as body fat. When you have more lean muscle mass, you boost your metabolism and you'll naturally shed body fat. And so it's that combination effect that we were really working on and we had tremendous success with. So fast forward to about two years ago, I met the folks at Nirvana Water Sciences, they introduced me to Dr. Najia Boomrod with Vanderbilt University Medical Center, who's, again, he's, he's probably the top researcher on, on how you can convert protein to lean muscle mass. And... Um, you know, he, he pioneered the, the, the discovery of HMB, beta-hydroxy, beta-metabutyrate, which has been around for almost 30 years. It originally started in a calcium-based version. And, um, 
you know, the, people like Bill Phillips put it in EAS protein shakes. Abbott Labs bought him. They figured out after about six years how to put it into an emulsified creamy, creamy meal replacement drink and, and sell it as Juven into the medical field as a recovery drink. Um, they have one and a half grams of HMB in that. What, what we're doing differently now is we have the only free acid version of HMB that can go into clear liquids. We have it exclusively for North America. We're selling it as a portfolio of water beverages, of um, seltzers and beverage shots into retail. I think we, we've shared some of those at, at uh, HPLT. And then we also are selling directly into the medical channel with a Nirvana Super Pro product uses three grams of this free acid HMB, 30% more effective than the old calcium-based version. And orthopedic surgeons are now recommending it as a pre- and post-surgery protocol to build lean muscle mass pre-surgery, stop muscle atrophy post-surgery. And we're also including an ingredient called 2-HOBA that stops bad inflammation um, or arrests it um, in the post-surgery shot. So we're doing some pretty remarkable things. I think selling into the medical channel directly, with a specialty product and then also selling a similar product into consumer packaged goods into into retail and we're getting just great acceptance um huge response at gyms and in nutrition shops like foundation rx um muscle beach uh just a number of i'm sorry um <laughs> yeah uh steel beach it's called in danbury it's a destination gym for for power lifters uh, but a number of great gym chains and then we're just getting picked up by some major uh, grocery chains in the Northeast where we're focused right now. We're, we just got authorized in all the all the sacred shop rights. We're in Giant. Um, we, we were just authorized and being cut in early into uh, Harris Teeter, which is Kroger's kind of flagship brand for the high-end grocery. We're just really excited about the changes that are happening, the growth we're having, the fast acceptance in the last over the last 12 months. You know, changed our portfolio, launched it last March. We're already getting cut into some of the you know some of the best retailers. Um, just a lot of great things happening right now. So we're, it, we're really excited about that. As part of that drink is, uh, in addition to the HMB, are we also, is it have some type of caffeine or energy effect as well? Yeah. So we, we kind of segment that by, by um, category. So we have three spring waters that we fill at our Adirondack facility. We own, we own you know, 1700 acres. We have 20 springs. Uh, we manufacture our own from spring to, to bottle there. Um, so we have some beautiful spring water that we infuse with a little extra electrolytes and then also add the HMB plus D2. Those are all flavored, cucumber, lime, or, uh, uh, orange peach, and, and uh, strawberry basil lemonade, uh, beautiful drinks. Then we have three seltzers. Those ones we put caffeine in. We put 100 milligrams of caffeine plus a nice B-complex as well as the HMB plus D. Uh, one of those, the, uh, the the strawberry cream also has five grams of collagen, which when you add the HMB to it, amplifies the benefits of that collagen significantly. Some would say up to 15 grams of it almost acts like 15 grams of collagen. And then um, we have two beverage shots that we sell into retail that uh, are basically uh, concentrated versions of the of the uh, seltzers that we have with one with caffeine, one without. When are you supposed to take the HMB? <laughs> I, I like to tell people, you know, the most important thing is to get it into your system early in the day and keep your levels high. So it's sort of like taking essential amino acids. You want to just keep those levels up. I, I drink three grams in the morning. I take three shots, three beverage shots, and then I just sort of supplement throughout the day with either the waters or the seltzers, depending on my mood. Um, but, you know, as a, 
I'm about 200 pounds. So I like to, I like to get about, you know, five grams of HMB into me during the day. Uh, I noticed a big difference in muscle soreness and the, just the recovery. Um, you know, I, I went to my, I have an annual checkup. I'm 54 years old. My numbers have never been better. I gained uh, eight pounds from last year. I went went from 190, uh, 190, what was it, 195 to 203, but I'm leaner and my my cholesterol, all my vitals are actually better than they were last year. My doctor was sort of surprised because you look you look more fit, you're 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 leaner and your numbers are better. He's like, what are you doing? And really, the only big thing I can point to is the HMB. That's made the biggest difference in, you know, especially at my age. You haven't changed your, have you changed your workout regimen or, or diet or anything? Um, not really. I mean, I've always been a pretty careful eater. Like we, you know, I don't eat a lot of starches or sugars or carbs, um, or, you know, simple carbs. I, uh, not, yeah, I haven't really changed my, you know, I've always been, you know, focused on proteins, um, healthy proteins, but you know, as you get older, it gets harder and harder to build lean muscle mass. So I think the only thing that's really helped me build more lean muscle mass is, um, I mean, I've always done strength training. I've always done some, some sort of interval sprint sprinting and things, but I think the only thing that's really changed dramatically to build that much lean, lean muscle mass is the HMB. That's, that's amazing. So I, I want to, so this is completely new to me of just the idea of starting a beverage company. And some of the things that come to mind are, one, how are you determining, and it sounds like you have a, a pretty significant marketing background, how are you determining there's a need? Two, how are you then determining what items and or the next level of testing protocol protocol to conduct? Because my assumption is that's fairly expensive. And do you need yeah. to be, you know, do you need to be ascertaining revenue at that time or what's kind of the stage of this? Once again, yeah. this, I mean, it just sounds frightening. Like if I'm like, I'm going to go invent the new Coke and, you know, having to put all these ingredients together, do some testing, you launch it to market, you, you fill up a, a warehouse or a semi and then, okay, nobody wants your product. Or in your case, people yeah, love yeah. your product. So I, I think a couple of things. So one, you know, because I had a background in beverages and, you know, as an entrepreneur, I think, you know, with, with excess, we, we saw a gap in the consumer experience, you know, the taste, the empty calories, the, the crash. And we sort of focused in on that total experience and where to solve some of those major um, experience, total experience gaps that we were hearing from people who were giving it to and seeing people were like, Oh man, if, if it only didn't have sugar, if it, you know, if it wasn't crashing, those sorts of things. Um, when it, you know, fast forward to why I decided to join Nirvana after a year of discussions, I really felt like the science was the next generation of what I had just left with excess and excess muscle multiplier and all of, all of our success with that, that, um, that launch. And I followed up with Brandy Heiser who runs that brand now. And I said, Hey, how is that muscle multiplier doing? She goes, it's become our new halo product. It's, we're going to do, we're going to ready to drink. There's just a lot of great things happening with it. So it sort of confirmed what I was thinking that, you know, people are getting tired of the yo-yo diets. They're getting tired of calorie restriction because they know it's going to come back. And, you know, we spent a lot of time, I spent a lot of time traveling around the world for excess, selling the idea of getting in shape, um, in a, you know, throughout Asia, Europe, U S the Americas. And we got great acceptance on that. And so it just, I, I sort of knew from a lot of experience that this was, this is where we needed to head. 
Um, and I saw with the science that Najee had pulled together that we had something really, really, you know, with, with a lot of high potential. My concerns at the time were the branded business that was built before me didn't seem to have good product market fit. The flavors weren't right. The formulation wasn't right. Um, just a lot of issues. The go-to-market strategy had some issues. So we pulled back, focused on the Northeast. Um, you know, Drew Servacio, the, the chairman of Nirvana, um, agreed with me and, and the team agreed with me, we need to make some big changes. So, you know, I got the green light to, well, one, to come in, but two, to, to bring in a new team to transform the portfolio, the product set, and then to quickly focus on rebuilding and, and relaunching that. That's a lot, even at my age, with my experience to take on, but it just felt like it was uh, so many things were lining up that I sort of had to do it. And so, so I made that leap. And, you know, I think the scary thing, and even for me, like a few months ago, I had this where I was flying somewhere and I was just incredibly stressed, a lot going on. I was like, why the hell am I doing this? You know, I've had a great exit. I really don't need to do this, keep working like this. Um, and, you know, I'm not sure that I'll do another one, but, um, you know, it, you do have to raise a lot of money. It is difficult to, to build this in retail. Um, it is very expensive. You do have to bring the right team in and attract them and keep them. But the upside is dramatic. Um, if you look at Celsius as a as a bellwether, you know I think they're currently trading at 11 or 12 times revenue. Um, if you look at Olipop and their growth right now, with you know God bless them with a prebiotic, very light scientific you know um, story, you know, basically putting fiber in a in a low glycemic soda. Um, hey people love it they get the story and they're they're scaling like crazy right now right? i have both of them um, in my think, fridge <laughs> yeah i mean they're and they're both great products i love them i know john fieldly well they launched a little after we did with excess we got to 100 million dollars first um but you know we didn't have we didn't go public and we didn't have the, the competitive uh kind of sale process that they're going through one of the things that he said to me at the last BevNet show is he said, you know, you guys got, you guys understood that if people don't fall in love with your product first, science doesn't matter. He goes, it took us a while to figure that out. Now they have, they're building a lifestyle brand and they're rocking. Um, and that's sort of what we're doing too with Nirvana. As I said, look, you know, the flavors aren't right. The formats aren't right for what people are looking for. If we don't have a portfolio billboard, it's going to be really hard to meet people. We're, we're not going to build this in the water aisle. We're going to go build this in the nutrition aisle, you know, in sports supplementation, health and beauty, where, where consumers are walking in an aisle looking for a new supplementation format and killer new supplements that can actually transform their body at a cellular level. I mean, that's who we want to talk to. Um, I'm happy to be in the water aisle. We do get pulled into fridges in the water aisle. That's not where we're going to invest. That's not, not where we're going to go head to head with you know the biggest brands in the business. That's a place where you're guaranteed to almost lose. Mm. So we're... We, we, you know, a lot of it comes down to strategy. It definitely comes down to having a total customer experience where people, I like to say where people have a compelling kind of eureka or like, wow, of where they're like, oh my God, what is this? Um, how, how come I haven't seen this before? Because when you have that, then people are going to tell their friends, they won't stop talking about it and you'll get word of mouth and it'll go viral. And then, you know, you start to see the sell through that we're seeing now, you know, it goes from a hundred units a week to 300 units a week over a period of a month or two. Um, some of the, some of the outlets that we're in just because, you know, well, we are doing some sampling, but it's, it's connecting with consumers. They're like, wow, this is, 
you know, low calorie, tastes great. It's in flavored water. It's in, you know, seltzer. It's in shots, the things that they're looking for. And you've got a whole portfolio of selections that we can pick from. That's perfect. So it's not just a flavor. It's not just two or three, but it's, it's you know, eight new products that are filling up. For example, at, at uh, Harris Teeter, they're giving us their entire um, health and beauty end stack because it's, it's coming in to replace Celsius as Celsius moves out. The buyer there said, you guys are the next Celsius. Wow, that's impressive. Which, uh, that's great. When do I you, sure hope we are. Yeah. No, <laughs> we got a lot of work to do, but the, I sure hope we are. That's impressive. When, when do you know, or when do you know it's the right time to, to, you could say it either way, either throw gas on a product or pull the plug? Um, because you're going to come out with eight different flavors or variations. You'll eventually have 20 and not too many brands keep 20 of them. They, they, they build more and then yeah. they kind of pull back. They do some testing. What, what, what does that whole process look like? I, I, I'm a, I'm a big fan of constantly evaluating your portfolio, looking at your sell through your, you know, your, 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 your sampling responses, your sell through and your, and your ultimately your sales. Um, at excess, we had a, we were, we were always keeping, we had dozens of flavors around the world and we had this kind of a colored, uh, like basically a, a graph that had all the flavors and their sales mapped against each other, mapped year on year. And what we would, we were, either, we, we had a minimum threshold of a million dollars for an SKU. And then as things started to drop, we'd either relaunch, update or kill it. And we would, we were looking at that every month, um, you know, because I, I don't think it's something you do once a year, twice a year. I think it's something that you're looking at monthly and you're just, it's a dynamic process of skew evaluation and figuring out which ones you're going to keep, enhance, or replace. What are some of the failed flavors? <laughs> um, I, I have a, so one of the things I've gotten good at um, repeating is I'm happy to be wrong. Uh, as an example, my favorite flavor is root beer. We have, Excess has one of the best root beer flavors in the world, just in period. Um but you quickly realize, you know, even in the United States, that's a limited flavor and it doesn't play outside the United States. So, you know, um, I would say, you know, root beer is one that's done well in, in a focus market in the U.S., doesn't play other places. Um, we did. Uh, oh, my favorite. My favorite failed flavor story actually isn't mine. Uh, there's a guy named Joe Oades who I used to work with in the beer side of the industry, who is a great formulator. He formulated like you know sam adams for for boston beer he did pete's wicked ale a number of major he invented light beer um just a legend i was driving with him i was working on some projects with him and i said joe what's what's your worst flavor we we're coming back from meeting with minot wessinger who owns st ives a malt liquor brand and he said my worst flavor was uh was mentholated uh what was it it was it was a mentholated malt liquor and I was like, what? And he goes, just think of the demographic, cool cigarettes and malt liquor. I just tried to put it in one beverage. I was like, that sounds awful. And it uh, turns out it was. But um, yeah, you know, you, you, you've got to actually, in my opinion, the way that you find great flavors is one, you have to do taste testing, you know, usually using sample cups. And you're like, okay, do you like the flavor? You know, check that box. Second is, you know, would you drink a whole unit, can, bottle, whatever? You know, or did you did you get stuck halfway through it because you, you'd had enough? And then the third criteria is so you know one did you like it two did you drink through the whole unit third one was when you finished that unit did you want another one mm -hmm. or were you like I'm done I'm cooked um, because if you can check all three of those boxes I think the flavor in general will be a hit and you know my question when we're launching new markets isn't what my flavor you know my favorite flavor is my question is what's your favorite flavor so if we're going to the Middle East or we're going to uh, China, we're going to Japan, we're going to, you know, uh, Germany. 
my question is, you know, what's your favorite flavor? And we typically have a broad range of flavors we can sort of start with. And then we, we like to do refinement with a select group of, of thought leaders in that market to get to some surprising and exciting flavors that are um, usually a little more complex than just like strawberry, grape, whatever, cola, um, but, but have some elements that you know, that you notice and recognize. And then somebody like, whoa, what is that? Like strawberry basil lemonade or like meloncello where we're doing like a lemoncello melon kind of flavor. Things that are like, wow, this is good. But what is that? It's, it's surprising, right? If you ever need a Keeps taste tester, I, I'm, I can give you my address. You can ship my way. I'm happy to help out. Love it. So, um, well, and I'll say too, like, so we, we, we just launched some seltzers that were a little, when you, when you pack them in the, in the canning facility that come out a certain flavor and then they sort of mellow over, over a few weeks, they tasted great when they came out, they got a little tart, uh, post-release. They're still good. They're still selling well, but we realized we could, we can improve those. And so we just made an update on those. And that's just part of our constant refinement that we go through. This episode is brought to you by Raven. This is a company that we're affiliated with. So our business, 11 Wealth, is a part of this business. And we are so excited for this opportunity. Uh, what this is, is a real estate company that invests into value-add opportunities and in the process actually installs solar implementation into the buildings. And so we decarbonize the atmosphere. We also install low-flow uh, water conservation mechanisms. And we have a social aspect to it as well. Raven allows investors to get into real estate for as low as $250. We have plenty of investors who've invested a lot more than that, but the minimums on this are only $250. There's a 10% return on that money and it's backed by real estate. So I just really stress people to go to joinraven.com. That's uh, joinraven, R-A-Y-V-E-N.com. Take a look at the website. It's fantastic what we're doing, not only as investors, but obviously for the planet. Uh, joinraven.com, it's phenomenal. Do you have any plans to make any of these drinks alcoholic in nature? Um, the seltzers mix incredibly well with, with alcohol. Um, we are not in the business right now of selling alcohol, but, uh, but we're happy to sell them to bars and on-premise businesses where they mix them into cocktails. Okay. So what do you think... Um, the grocery industry is incredibly tough in getting shelf space. How much of the business is having the best product? And then how much of the, the rest of the business is either execution or I just remember working in retail and we would be resetting, you know, the bread aisle or the ice cream section. And it sure. was like, it was like gangs of New York between all the different brands yeah. fighting over space. And it, it was serious. I mean, it, it came down, no, you know, they're sitting there arguing too. and it's expensive yeah. too. It's, so what, what, what does that yeah. look like and how do you position yourself to, to gain that? You could have the best so, product unless anybody knows about it. Yeah. So, so I would say both. So, you know, I think two things, one, when you have products that surprise buyers and buyers try, try everything. So they're, they're hard to please when the buyers are impressed, you know, you, you really know you're onto something. And I think secondarily for us anyways, having a portfolio where it's not just a single SKU or a couple SKUs where, you know, we're coming in with a, with a solution set for, for a buyer. Um, so, you know, we can give them an entire portfolio that they can fill. That's, that's also a big difference. And then I think the third thing is you need to have the right team that can get you in the doors and have the relationships. Um, and that comes with a combination of brokers, distributors, sales staff, who can get you into the right places and help you tell that story. So first you got to get your story right. You've got to make sure that you're addressing a gap in the market that is obvious um, or that you can explain in a way that will become obvious. 
you got to have a product product portfolio that when people put it in their mouth, they're like, wow, this is this is amazing. We know this will sell if you'll sample this or tell the story or get this out there. And then you got to have people who can get you in front of the person who can make that decision. And that combination is is you know that's that's a lot. I'd say the third thing is you got to have the money to do it. Um, you know, it's not cheap. It's not going to happen overnight. You've got you know, the the big chains have annual review cycles and cycles where they actually approve things. Um, it's hard to get cut in early. Usually you have to get an authorization. It'll, it'll take you if, you, if you show it in March, you'll get an authorization maybe by the next January. Um, you know, there's a process to do that where you start small and you expand. And um, yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, there's a reason that there's a lot of failure in beverage and it takes a seasoned team who's done it before to do it again, typically. Um, there's a lot of scar tissue. It's hard work. It takes a lot of money. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, if it was easy, everyone would do it. Um, so we're, we're fortunate. We're done it before we're doing it again. And we're, we're on a good path right now. Nirvana is my favorite band, um, growing up. <laughs> I can play every song on the guitar. Uh, curious that was that, did you have anything to do with that naming or that was already around when you get, when they kind of headhunted yeah, you? Yes. Yeah, that was already there. So we acquired um, a partner company called Alder Creek Beverages, which uh, has is it's where the it's the twenty you know seventeen hundred acres, twenty springs in the manufacturing that had been working together with Nirvana Water Sciences. They sell a spring water brand that's just pure spring water from their springs called Nirvana, and you know there were some interesting decisions made ahead of me to call the premium package the same thing, which uh, very confusing. Um, and so f f one of the first things that I, that our team did when, when we came in was to update the branding. So it actually connected to where we were coming from, but separated, or, you know, segmented us from, from the, the commodity brand. Um, so we went with, you know, Nirvana super, um, because I think it begs all the right questions. Is it super? Will it make me super? Does it have super ingredients? What's super about it? Um, and it ties into other branding conventions that already exist. You know, there's there's Super Coffee, where I'm an investor. There's um, Layered Superfoods. There's a number of super brands out there um, that that are great. We, I love having other people talking about the same things because it means you're part of a conversation that's already happening in mm -hmm. terms of emerging brands. And so that's how we kind of came to that that conclusion. What does it look like? Because um, Chris and I both raise capital for real estate. Basically, we give away 70% of a real estate deal for those who bring in the investment dollars. We do have some deals that we'll just purchase on our own. Every deal functions differently with the goal of their eventually being cash flow and some sort of exit. However you want to look at two year, 10 year horizon. What does it look in your business? Cause I'm just imagining that it's, there, there may be some initial seed investors that are the owners up front. Then there's the next group of investors that kind of, after there's a proof of concept and you've started to show revenue that you're ascertaining yep. other investors to, I'm just curious out of self curious on how that looks. Yeah. So, um, you know, there's early stage investors that we've had and we had some resets. So very normal in a startup. Um, you know, the first ideas are never the ideas you usually finish with, which is why the team matters so much. Walk, walk us through that team. reset. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Walk us through that reset. What do you mean by reset? Are you talking about recapitalization or just a, a pivot on the trajectory of the plans? Pivot. Or? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean a pivot. So the first idea that the company had was to sell a CBD water. Um, then they pivoted to working with Najee Boomrod and his science. 
Um, and we've had to make a third pivot to getting the brand product portfolio the team right. So we could actually have a product that would sell through and be just, you know, really, really sort of catch on fire. Um, so there was an, we've spent about $20 million over the first three years. We anticipate, and that includes acquiring Alder Creek beverages. That includes um, getting all the licensing in place. You know, so we have an exclusive license for HMB, which was not inexpensive. Includes figuring out how to infuse these ingredients into products, which is not easy. And then, you know, finally, it's it's actually going to market with that. Um, so we're still pre-A. Um, we're just, you know, we, we just closed Pre- around pre-A. Inspire Health. Pre-A. Can you explain that for the listeners? Sure. So there's, you know, there's, I would say sort of friends and family rounds initially where you're raising money from people who believe you trust in you. There's um, sort of seed rounds where you're taking in independent investors who come to you a little later, but they're usually individual investors. It's pre-revenue often, or it's early revenue. And then you get to what I would consider like major family offices, venture, and ultimately private equity, where you've got revenue, you're showing year on year growth, you have a path to profitability, or you are profitable. Um, and particularly now with, you know, cost of money going up, you know, interest rates are high, uh, it just tightens up the, the money supply. And so what happens is you've got um, all the private equity now is really focused on profitable business that's growing. It has can show three years of growth and is over 10 million in sales. Um, we're even a little early for PE right now. We're primarily focused on, you know, venture and family office investing. Um, and so, you know, we're on that path. I think we'll be in a in an A round with a strategic investor like a private equity firm probably in the next six to 12 months. Um, we anticipate exiting over the next three to five years. We're just hitting a heavy growth curve now in terms of sales with the Nirvana Super product. Um, we anticipate being, you know, probably two to three million dollars in sales this year, using just using the back half of the year as our as our sales ramp, and you know that'll quickly scale to probably over twenty million dollars next year, and you know it just starts going in these quantum leaps as you start opening up new new retail. Mm-hmm. And we anticipate being break even next year and getting into light profitability by the set by the end of next year, based on you know the growth we're seeing right now and the success we're having with, with retail and distribution. And then the goal then is to sell it to a larger brand. Is that is that typically the? We're we're squarely focused on selling to a strategic buyer, um, probably somebody who already sells into medical and CPG into consumer packaged goods. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you think about. As an example, Nestle, you know, sold all their bottled water business. All the brands you might know, like Poland Spring, are squarely focused on, you know, Nestle Health Sciences, where they're selling into medical and they're they're doubling down on the science in their consumer package because they're doing. Danone is doing the same thing. Um, Unilever, to a degree, Johnson Johnson. It's a number of people who are doing that. Even Coke and Pepsi are headed in that direction. Um, we're the only brand that has a proprietary ingredient in almost all functional beverage. I don't, I don't know of anyone else that has a patented ingredient that has the, you know, half a billion dollars of research by the National Institute of Health. It's sold into the medical community for, for recovery now under, a, you know, the calcium-based version. Um, Sorry, are you saying that, to, to the best of your knowledge, you're the only one that has HMB in your drinks? 
We are the only clear liquid. Yeah. There's so uh, Abbott Labs bought EAS from Bill Phillips. They make a drink called Juven that has an encapsulated calcium-based version and this kind of meal replacement, like it's an insurer-like drink with encapsulated HMB in it. But that's you know 25 to 30% less effective than the new free acid version. We're the only one that puts it in a clear liquid you actually enjoy, um, you know, like bottled water, seltzers, shots. And we're putting three grams in our medical drink. So, you know, 30% more effective, twice as much HMB. And in our in our normal beverages, you know, we're putting a full gram. So that full gram basically works about the same as a Juven drink, but it's much more enjoyable. You know, we only have 10 calories per, per unit. You know, they're a full meal replacement product. So it's just a much, in my opinion, much more market acceptable product that is kind of sort of the next generation. Is it pretty difficult to pass all the regulations and thresholds to get into the medical field to be able to provide your product? Because I, I mean, I would hope anyway that it's a lot harder to um, pass yeah. that through the medical so system. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, we didn't spend half a billion dollars of research on this. The National Institutes of Health did, taxpayers did. Yeah. Um, and then like Najee Boomerah, Vanderbilt, they've all spent you know, tens of millions of dollars researching this. So it, we look, we're, we're standing on the shoulders of giants in terms of the research and the, 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 the knowledge, the clinical studies that have been done previously on HMB and the new free acid version. We license that and promote that and commercialize that, which, you know, the National Institute of Health doesn't do, you know, Vanderbilt and Najee don't do. Um, he's working with us closely. He's our chief medical officer. But you know, our job is to commercialize that and bring it to market and and you know make it enjoyable. Um, it's funny the the one common denominator among polyglots, people who speak eleven or more languages, isn't their memory. It's not how good they are at learning language. It's that they enjoy learning languages. If you enjoy something, you'll change your behavior and you'll do it. And so um, I'm a big fan of study philosophy, big fan of phenomenology and enjoyment is one of these key kind of concepts that gets overlooked a lot of times in, in human psychology and philosophy. And I think when, when you can make a product deeply enjoyable in a way that's different than what people can find elsewhere. And we saw this with excess over and over and over again, when they're like, wow, this tastes good. They start asking you all the questions you want to answer. Well, what's in it? How much does it cost? Where do I find it? What's HMB? Why should I use it? Why is it super? All the things you want to talk about. If they don't like it, if it's not delicious, if it's not enjoyable, if it doesn't surprise them, they won't ask any of those questions and the science won't matter. And so that's why for us, I think what we're doing differently is we're proving the, the product market fit in consumer goods. And then we're also show, showcasing that this is not only for you know athletes and performance people or people who want to change the shape of their body. It's actually really important for recovery in a medical setting. Um, you know, when, when you go through any major medical event, whether it's chemotherapy, uh, whether it's a cancer, whether it's uh, surgery, you know, your body is recovering. When it's recovering, it goes to pull amino acids and rebuild itself. Those are the basic building blocks of recovery. And so that's why, you know, building up your lean muscle mass, going into a medical event and making sure that you stop muscle atrophy during the recovery process so you have muscle for the for the body to, to consume is really critically important. It dramatically improves the outcomes of, of those patients. And we're really proud to be a part of that solution. So it, it almost seems like, so it, once again, I'm, I'm dumbing this down to, to real estate that, okay, we have a product in which we collect rent and we get the the delta of that, which is cash flow, but then there's also something else in there. There's depreciation, the tax write-offs. 
there's appreciation as well as that asset increasing in value. These, these technologies or these additional researches or licensing, that also is, I would assume, adding to the value of the brand fairly significantly, yeah. correct? And starts to become one yeah. of the, the biggest drivers alongside revenue. Right. So we're, as an example, we bought an asset, you know, the Alder Creek, you know, real estate, you know, it's beautiful, it's massive, you know, 1700 acres, 20 springs, whole manufacturing facility. Um, we bought all of that uh, for a fraction of its value as part of this partnership where they're getting, the owners are getting a lot of equity in our company. Um, we're just having that reevaluated right now. And, you know, the valuation on that is coming in at a, probably two or three times what we paid for it. Um, we have people who want to partner with us just on that piece of it, you know, invest as part of that asset uh, for other things that they want to do. Um, so that's a big component of it. You know, we get a big multiple on the sales of our branded business. Uh, you know, Celsius helps us a lot with that. Olipop helps us, helps us a lot with that. And so, you know, growing our sales, having these assets that backstop our emerging brand and, um, you know, and, and, and having the licensing and the IP those three things together give us a multiplier effect that we think is very different than anything else in the market right now. And that we're able to demonstrate through these partnerships directly into medical and then selling into CPG. Interesting. All right, David, this has been fantastic. And I know you got to catch a flight, but we have just yeah. the final part of our show, which is the <laughs> final three with CNC, the final three questions with Chris and Colin random questions that yeah. we pick out that we like to ask from the interview. I'm going to start because selfishly, I at least have one question I want to get in. Uh, what are your top three favorite supplements? Hmm. <laughs> you can call it supplements. Um, you can call it food, whatever you, you want it. You know, I don't like to pigeonhole. Okay. It. So this is, th these are not my brand. So I love Armra. Um, uh, I, I take it every day. The Armra um, colostrum supplement it seems to make a big difference in my overall health, the health of my skin and hair, et cetera. Um, and just being able to stay lean. Um, so I did add that, by the way, over the last year. Um, I also, I'm a big fan of EAAs, essential amino acids, you know, having like that 11 essential amino acids, um, HMB, which amplifies EAAs, and creatine. Um, I, I don't think creatine actually makes you stronger. I think it just plumps and helps you hydrate your muscles, but that's really good for you. Um, and the combination helps you build a lot more lean muscle mass, I believe. So I think those three are like the ultimate power stack. Um, yeah, and I think a good multi is a good idea, but you know I don't have any particular favorites in that case. I like Amway's Neutralite Double X, but there's a lot of great ones out there. Where do you get your EAAs at? Um, I still buy my excess EAAs. Uh, you know, we spent a lot of time looking at what's out there in the market. People are people have knocked off what we did there with Twin Labs, and there's there's some other options that are probably less expensive. I like. I like our flavors the best. Uh, we have a watermelon that's really good. Um, and I, you know, I, I like to support my, the brand that I help build. So the alma mater, your alma mater. Mm -hmm. The alma mater. Yeah. Um, what do you think is the, the most important question for you to answer of an investors when you're looking to partner with them? What's the number one thing an investor looks for from you uh, when wanting to partner with you? You know, I think from an investment standpoint, especially in early stage companies, everyone's and I do. I'm on the board of RX3 and, and you know, they're an advisor on their LP committee and an investor. We're a private equity firm that invests in emerging growth brands with athletes and celebrities. It's an influencer fund. Um, I'll tell you that, you know, when, when we invest, 
uh, and it's what I expect from almost every investor is in an early stage growth company, you're looking at the people. It's the people and the people and the people and the people. The plan's interesting, product set's interesting, you know, all that stuff, it does matter, but ultimately the plan's gonna change. Um, you know, it's the, growth is never straight up and to the right. It's always this, you know, these jagged lines and it's kind of bouncing around and, and it's it smooths out up and to the right over time. But the thing that keeps it going up and to the right are the people. And if you have great people who've done it before, can do it again, you know, can figure out the puzzle and, and negotiate and get it done, it, it's going to work. Um, if you don't have the people, it doesn't matter how good the plan is or how good the product is, it probably won't work. And so I think the people is the primary focus. And of course, we're looking at the plan and, you know, and the product set and product market fit and all those things. But ultimately, the people are wrong. It's not going to work. That's great. That's great. Um, got a couple, but I'll just stick to daily <laughs> habits, daily habits. What are your daily habits? I, I see you're traveling now. You're, you're traveling a lot, but you're also healthy and you're very successful. So I, I assume there's some some grounding of some sort in habits, you know. Yeah. I mean, I like to start the day early. I like to get out and exercise first thing. Um, I love to get in cold water somewhere every day, go for a dive, swim, surf, whatever. Um, I tend to do some kind of cardio. Usually I'm intervals like sprints or uphill um, hiking. And then I like to do some weight resistant training. I, I don't, you know, I know people make fun of this. I, I used to be able to build up a lot of lean muscle mass fairly easily. And it, it didn't help me when I was like playing you know, as a forward in a soccer team and trying to sprint. Um, and so I'm a little careful about not lifting too heavy a weight, but I do a lot of body weight exercises, you know, burpees, push-ups, sit-ups, and, and I'll, we'll throw in some kettlebells and things like that, but I'm a little careful about not getting too heavy just because it doesn't help my surfing or some of the other running that I do at, at my, at my size. But, um, yeah, that's, that's sort of where I put my effort. And I, I do think strength training is really important. Uh, I just try and do more reps and lighter weights. Yeah. I, um, I started since HPLT, I, I ended up getting a, a cold tub and I do it usually twice a day. It, it is that addicting. Yeah. And I found it, that's the, the benefit to not only just my mental and just stress levels, but my soreness is almost non-existent. I can work out incredibly heavy and I actually do take HMB now and creatine now daily, but uh, the, the soreness is almost gone because of it. And just the energy it's, levels. It's, it's addictive. No, it's addictive. I, I bought it from, you know, we have a home in Florida and I bought a, uh, an ice barrel from Wyatt Ewing, um, after HPLT for our Florida place. Cause it's harder to find cold water there. I love it. And I, and the good news about Laguna where I am right now is, you know, the ocean's always pretty chilly. So you, you, can, you can get your ice bath just by going out for free dive. It's my mm -hmm. favorite way. That's awesome. Well, well, David, thank you for being on. Um, how can the guests get a hold of you or how can they find out more information about Nirvana? So, yeah, my Instagram is at David, D-A-V-E-E-D five, -E -E eight. Um, my email is david at feelsuper.com. Uh, you know, our, our website is uh, feelsuper.com. And yeah, we'd love to, if people have questions or, you know, want a bro code to try our product, happy to make that happen. And um, really appreciate being invited on the podcast. Yeah. Thanks, David. And yeah. uh, I, I can personally attest to the product's fantastic. So yeah, kudos. I appreciate it, David. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks. Thanks, Chris and Colin. Really appreciate the time today. Good to see you. Yeah. You as well.